Hey guys, it's Dean with Two Party Podcast. Um, gonna do a new, another news breakdown today. I've got a few things going on. Um, if any of you stayed up or uh, didn't even have to stay up to watch it, uh, the debate—it um, was a disaster uh, on many fronts. Um, it it, it uh, brought a few things to light in a few fronts, but uh, overall, um, I don't. I think the American people lost on that debate. Um, I think it was a it was a very obvious um, <clears throat> it was it was really an unbalanced debate is what it was. Um, good morning, Brian. I see you out there, buddy. Um, the uh, Chris Wallace, um, while he had no problem, you know, calling out each each of them for kind of doing what they were doing, barking back and over talking. Um, what I found interesting is that um, he would cut the president off to allow Biden to finish a statement, but he would never cut Biden off to allow Trump to finish a statement. Um, and at the same time, um, it, it, I noticed a lot of the time he said he would start with Trump to give Biden the, the, the opportunity to speak right afterwards. Um, and usually that's what you would do in a, in a debate, and then you would alternate um, and, and I think he did that on the first one and he did it on the second one. And what I noticed on the, after that, it became a um, Trump Trump would go first, which would leave Biden open for a last statement. Um, and and in, a, in a debate, especially a presidential debate, um, sometimes the last statement made uh, or so to speak, the last word uh, tends to get across um, deeper and further. And so it was kind of an interesting, and I don't, you know, I'm not going to speculate that it was a tactic or something, but it just seemed very interesting to me that, that Biden seemed to always get the last word. Um, there was talk that Biden's campaign had asked him to focus on uh, America and the audience and to look at the camera several times. And you could see him do the postured, uh, you know, talk to the camera, talk to America. Uh, he did it several times, like kind of on cue thing. Um, where it was very obvious he had practiced for certain cue points and certain like uh, posturing. Um, what I found interesting, there were several points that I noticed in the media today, and um, I think maybe we'll hit on a few of those. Um, number one is, uh, again, it was brought up by Chris Wallace. Now, I want, for those of you, and, and there's probably quite a few of you watching this that might disagree with me, um, but hear me out. There was a, a, the biggest issue we're seeing right now is that people, well, not the biggest issue, but one of is people, excuse me, people are saying that Trump uh, would not denounce 
white supremacy. Um, he not only has, and, and you can fact, it, it, there's literal fact checks that, that show it, uh, even all the way back 2017, which was the beginning of his presidency, um, where he announced uh, and denounced white supremacy. Um, it, it's interesting that he, he all the time is calling out Biden, uh, Hillary, and all these other people uh, who supported the KKK Grand Wizard guy uh, who was in politics for years that passed away and they all went to his funeral. It's interesting about that. Um, the, the other thing I found interesting is if you, if you rewind or you go find a clip of the debates in that exact moment, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of cherry-picked video, but you really have to watch the whole thing in context. When Chris Wallace asks him to do that, um, and he starts to make the statement of, well, what do you want me to denounce? What is it you want me? And then he just starts naming, you know, starts chiming in with uh, the, the Proud Boys and da, da, da. Well, as he's saying it, Trump's like, yeah, he's kind of like following through with what he's trying to convey or what he wants him to say. And so you see Chris Wallace like, well, the Proud Boys. And Trump immediately in his thought process speaks out loud and, and, he, and he literally is like, well, yeah, stand down, you know. If you look at the rhetoric, and you, I don't know, maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm good at reading people. Um, I'm very good at reading people. I know that. Um, so it's kind of a facetious statement. Um, if you watch the body language and you watch the, 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 I guess, the emotional state of what's going on in his head and as well as what's coming out of his mouth, as well as what Chris Wallace is saying, they're engaging in, in kind of a hot, hot little situation there. Um, he, he, he says, stand down. In other words, like, you're asking me to denounce something. And I'm literally saying, well, what do you want me to denounce? Um, yeah, stand down, like whatever you want. You know, uh, what what they've done is now they've taken that. The media has taken that. The left has taken that. They, they've cherry picked that out of the debate. So that'll be our talking point for the next several days or more um, because they want to continue to hammer down on the racism and, and stuff. And I don't I, I have yet to see one racist bone or anything of this president live in in the background uh, other than than bias reporting uh, I'm yet to see where the, the Trump's administration with the platinum deal Trump's uh, history with black culture and, and the things he's done with black culture and, and all cultures um, just in general I, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna jump on board with that I think it's it's a bunch of BS it is literally and again, another attempt at hammering down on the racist topic of Trump. Um, so I wanted to just kind of throw that one out there. That was number one. Number two, there was a, quite a few things that came out that, that were very stood out to me, like, boom, right in my face. Um, besides the two arguing and talking over each other, which should never really go on in a debate because you don't get anywhere that way. Um, each one should have should have respected the other. Uh, the, the Biden name calling and disrespecting uh, our president on national television, um, and he did start name calling first. Uh, you can watch the whole debate over again and, and check for yourself. He did start the name calling and disrespect and the shut up and um, it just immediately sets the tone for what I saw was it set the tone for two parties. Uh, you have on the left. Biden representing, okay? So here, this is, you guys, this is your representative, okay? And on the right, you have Trump. Trump didn't really make uh, make anybody look good on the right, okay, with his behavior and his over-talking. Uh, but on the left, I, I'm sorry, you know, and, and maybe it's just where I'm at, but the disrespect coming from the left that we see, not just in this debate, but overall in the media, 
um, with, with the riots, the protesting, the, the don't care about anything America, um, it, it's sickening. And, and we saw it. It was basically you saw the face of it yesterday on this debate. You saw uh, the under the digs and the and the the uh, just absolute hatred coming and, and just vile coming from the party uh, representative there. And the other thing is, um, I, I noticed you, Biden would not answer any of the hard questions. Um, and that was something that I noticed right off the bat. Um, anytime it was brought up um, or anytime Trump would would kind of Biden would say a question or just kind of throw something at Trump and he would answer it and he would respond to his what he was saying, he'd rebut it. Um, anytime Trump tried to throw out anything about Hunter Biden, about uh, any anything, um, called him out on uh, him being the one that, on, uh, that pulled the Logan Act on, on Michael Flynn, everything he pulled uh, or tried to ask him or, or have him rebut, he, he absolutely would not shut down, just shut, he just kind of just pulled a firm face, as I call it. Um, but what was interesting is there was one point where Trump actually called him out on the Green Deal. And Trump called him out several times on a lot of leftist, extreme leftist rhetoric that's been going on and and called him out on uh, being a puppet for the extreme left. And, and that that's all he is, is an empty vessel. And and, and I'll, it was very interesting to me. He called him out on the Green Deal and, and, and brought that up. And when he did so, uh, Biden immediately went to denouncing the Green Deal, that it's not his deal. And that he has a, the Biden plan in place um, and absolutely uh, denounced the whole Green Deal. Here's the problem with that. If you go to Biden's website, and I'm sure by now I would think they've changed it, but if you want, go check. If you go to Biden's website, you can clearly see it say uh, that the Green Deal, and I'll even read it to you. I'll go one step further and help you guys out. Uh, it clearly states, here we go, no greater challenge facing our country and our world today. Uh, he is outlining a bold and clean energy revolution to address uh, this grave threat and lead the world in addressing climate emergency. Biden believes the Green Deal is a crucial framework for meeting the climate changes we face. Uh, folks, if you can read that, there it is. And you see at the top, that's, that's JoeBiden.com, Biden-Harris, climate deal, okay? Um, I, I'm not making this up. This isn't something you can even make up. Joe Biden, who's been called out for lying, Trump's been called out for lying. Uh, Trump's been caught in a few things where I, I'm not so sure it was, and I, you know, I'm not going to defla deflate his, his sale here. Uh, there, there's a few things he's been called out for uh, that were misinformation, Okay. Uh, did he directly and, and intentionally lie? I don't think so. Misinformation or him not being informed with facts? Yes. Period. Um, for him to to put them out verbally and, and audible, audibly uh, made it misinformation for sure. Uh, Biden literally told the the national on national TV. He told us he is not for the Green Deal. He has his own deal. Uh, he, his, he has nothing to do with the Green Deal um, on national television. That right there, the fact that that's on his website, 
and he lied on national television and said it's not something he promotes, and yet it's been on his website. So the, here's how I take that, and you, you guys can say it's being spun any way you want to say it's spun, but here's how I, as an American citizen and as a voter looking to see who I'm voting for, takes it. This guy lied to me on national television because that's been on his website for a while. That's what he's supported for a while. So did he, in front of me on national television, lie? Or did he on national television lose integrity with me? Because now his integrity, I would have been more, I would have been more stoked if he respectfully said, yes, I'm for the Green Deal. It is the framework of my Biden plan. He did not do that, folks. He lied to your face and tried to, he, they know the Green Deal is a hot button topic for voters. They know that. And that's what you saw there is him trying to steer and navigate around that whole question that, that Trump hit him with. Now, that being said, um, there's there's many, many fact checks on the racism. That that, that topic's done done and killed. I, I, I hate, I still continue to hate hearing all this, this stupid racism and hate. And that's the first place the media goes. It's the first place media goes. And it's the first place people with hate and racism go is into racism. Um, they, they, you keep breathing life into racism, you keep it alive. It's BS. Let it go. Um, but, the, but the lie about the Green Deal, as minute and small as that may seem to, to some people, me uh, being open-minded, looking at a debate, watching two men argue uh, on a screen, uh, and one of them, I mean, I'm watching, I'm waiting on Trump to lie. I'm waiting on Trump to mess up. I'm waiting on it, just waiting on it. Because uh, as an open-minded individual, and I'm not falling on party lines, I'm waiting for that guy uh, to mess up. And I caught many times, uh, for one, the integrity of, of Biden by not him not answering questions that were thrown at him. Uh, his integrity with me went right down the drain. He lost more points with the integrity as soon as he lied about the Green Deal. He lost more uh, integrity with me when he would... Uh, fire back with, with the rude, disrespectful comments to our president. Uh, no matter where, whether you're on the debate trail or not, these debates have never been that stupid. And, and yeah, you, you know, him and uh, Trump and Hillary kind of got a little, little smarmy with each other. But, but at the end of the day, uh, Hillary, uh, neither one of them being presidents, just candidates, uh, neither one of them got really nasty. Uh, or, or really like name Collie. And, and if, if Hillary and or Trump in that, in that debate would have been president, I would hope or pray that that wouldn't have happened as well. The name calling, unacceptable. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because we have heard nothing but how brash and how horrible Trump is and all the stuff he says and he needs to shut his mouth and if he just shut up and he goes on Twitter. Um, you just saw it. That was the hate in the vial from the left. That was what, that's exactly the face and representation of exactly how I see the left party in their behavior, how it's been for three and a half years, uh, not just toward Trump, but toward people that support Trump. Um, and that's just unacceptable. And I think everybody, I think we can all go on board part, as a bipartisan uh, act or idealism uh, that that behavior coming from either side and the name calling and whatnot, I think we can all say that, that we can denounce that and say that that's just absolutely uh, not not good, okay? So, you know, if you if that's your game, you know, uh, I, you, you're gonna lose. You, you, first off, if that's your game, you, you lost me. You're, you're not getting anything from, from, you're not getting my vote. 
And I'm sorry, I'm kind of fixing some things here. Uh, so that being said, I'm just going to start rolling through a few things on the news headlines because that's really what I wanted to do. So, so the debate was it was kind of a disaster. It um, really didn't bring out anything that was you know eye popping. Um, it, it, what I what I saw was just two old men arguing over over topics. Um, what I saw too was um, the other fact that's that's kind of coming out is if you watched it, uh, Chris Wallace really did. He was not unbiased, okay? Uh, his his demeanor and his behavior um, and the way he kind of favored uh, making sure to shut Trump up or, or uh, I think I think there was a something out and, and there was something like he he told he told Biden and, and I can't I don't know where I put it uh, he told Biden something like 20 or 30 times to to stop interrupting and and, and basically he interrupted him and, and stopped him from saying stuff like 20 something times and then it was like 76 or so times for for Trump so it was it, you could definitely see the misbalance in there. Um, and that being said, you know, we all kind of expected that for, from Chris Wallace. Um, I, I don't really care for the guy overall. I think his father, Mike Wallace, was a good reporter. Um, I don't think Chris Wallace was really that great as a journalist. Um, so I'm going to just I'm, I'm going through the headlines. Uh, one of the other headlines I wanted to mention was uh, James Comey is in the uh, Senate committee. Is in a Senate committee hearing right now. Um, Lindsey Graham. And uh, several other senators are just uh, Grassley and I think a few others. Uh, Feinstein's in there. Uh, they're all um, questioning him. So I, before I started going live, I, I watched a little bit of it. Um, it's the same rhetoric. Um, that they're not, you know, Comey, it's not that Comey's not answering. It's that he's, uh, he, there's a few of them where he's actually saying, um, because I don't like your preamble, I'm not going to answer. Um, so, you know, I don't know how that works in a court of law. Um, if I go, if I'm, if I'm a criminal or if I'm just being questioned before a court as a witness, uh, not even as a criminal, but if, if I go to court and a judge or a jury or uh, prosecution is asking me questions, um, is it acceptable for me to just say, well, I don't like what you're saying, so I don't, I'm not going to answer that. I don't know how well that plays out. And I think it's unacceptable for the American public to accept that from him. And I really think that he should be held in contempt. Um, and I, I don't know that much of that's ever been done uh, that we know of in decades, but uh, I really think that there, there comes a time where you've got to use the tools uh, that you have. And while this isn't a court, uh, it's a Senate committee hearing, um, I think they deserve the respect of having the answers. And at this point, since Comey's out and he, he admits you know, that he's just a civilian, uh, why don't you just answer the questions? Because it applies to you just like it would a civilian. And, uh, and, and, and if you really wanted to further your integrity as the former director of the FBI, you, you would think that he would just want to answer these questions as honestly uh, to, to save some integrity of his career and, and you know, overshadowing. Um, he doesn't. He doesn't care. Um, it's very obvious. Uh, what, I'm, what I'm hearing is they asked him about some of the information in the dossier, some of the investigation that got the application to the FISA court, some of the information that... Um, some of the people investigating were um, working on that he signed off on. All of it, every single bit of it, he said, uh, is basically not knowledge to him, not knowledge. I didn't know that. Um, I wouldn't know who signed off on that. Um, whoever did the original application, I just signed off on the certification. Um, but, you know, even with Mueller, we saw with the Mueller report when they put him in front of the Senate uh, or yeah, the Senate committee, 
And he, they asked him straight up, do you, did you know, like all under all these investigators that are you're responsible for that are under you, how many of them did you meet with and specifically deal with these facts? Mueller said, and I keep calling him Mueller, and I'm sure it's Mueller. Um, he literally said he didn't know. You know, he he didn't really know. He he had looked at all the facts when it was all finalized and brought to him, but he didn't really know what transpired in the midst of all this investigation, all this money spent. Um, what you're hearing from Comey is very similar. Uh, basically, it sounds to me like in the FBI you get to a level of director, or you get to just under a director to director level. Um, it sounds to me like these guys get to that point and there's no longer a um, responsibility or accountability level for them. So in other words, it becomes I'm the director and it's almost like freaking uh, Club Med, okay? And for you millennials who don't know, Club Med's a nice resort. And, uh, and I think I, that's what I, I've got, that's what I gather. I mean, that's my personal opinion of, of what I'm gathering is that uh, you reach a level as director or, or as Mueller, as a, as a top investigator for the FBI, and you reach these levels, and in the FBI, that's it. You've, you've reached, you kind of peaked, you're peaked out your career, and that's it. You know, now you can do whatever the hell you want. You can uh, ignore facts. You can ignore things in your investigations under you. And he did admit, the one thing I did catch, and I was waiting to hear, he did admit that anything that happened under him as director is something he should know about or something he should follow. But he would not admit to it when it came to Lindsey Graham asking him directly about um, why he didn't know certain facts about things presented to the court to get these warrants. And then and then further, uh, when Lindsey Graham brought up, you know, that was the one time and then said, well, these were used three or four more times. Um, he, it was still the same thing. He still, even the, after the first time we used this and the information was wrong, the second time you used it, signed off on it, it was wrong. The third time you signed off on it, it was wrong. And he just kept, uh, well, you know, I, all I did was sign off on certifications. Um, I don't know, man. I think if I'm in a position uh, as a CEO, as a, as a FBI director, whatever it may be, um, I want to know where my John uh, Hancock is going. I want to know where my hand's going, okay? Uh, when I'm signing things, I don't, I'm not just going to, uh, if my secretary keeps coming in and bringing me paperwork, for all I know, she has me signing over uh, everything I own to her. Um, and I feel that's the same, same way in an entity like the FBI. I mean, if, if you're, if people are just bringing you paperwork and to me, even more important in the FBI, because you're dealing with uh, national security threats and, and intelligence. Uh, if somebody brings you some intelligence report and you're just sitting here signing paperwork, and, and somebody brings you something that's a, t a terrorist threat or something crazy that you're trying, you know, they're trying to work on and, and, and you sign, let's say you sign off on something that, that, that basically is, is just dropping an investigation that literally should have been looked at. Um, I, I think there's a lot of protocol. I think, I think this, what this should bring to light, and I think Lindsey Graham's trying to get to that. Uh, I think there's a lot of, um, areas in the FBI protocol and law enforcement in general, but but in this case, uh, the FBI and, and CIA and different agencies, uh, there's a lot of procedures that need to change. There's a lot of procedures that have become lax uh, to the point where it's allowed this, this uh, injustice to our, our nation to happen. So that's where I'm at on the Comey deal. Uh, I think it's still live if you guys wanna catch it. Uh, I just turned it off to come on here live and hit these news headlines. Uh, Timothy Ray Brown was the first person, I don't know if you're familiar with this, I'm going down the health news right now just for fun. Uh, Timothy Ray Brown was the first person, this was announced uh, yesterday, um, but it's just being re-reported today. Uh, Timothy Ray Brown, first person cured of HIV, he dies of cancer. So sad, 
Um, it's cool that he was the first to be cured of HIV. It's sad that he died of cancer. One of the things that came to my mind when I heard this story yesterday, I think it was yesterday I first heard it, um, is I wonder if some of the treatments for the HIV that he took to get cured uh, may have contributed to the cancer. Um, because you know there's a lot of medicines with side effects and, and with, with a lot of H HIV, early HIV treatment, they tried a lot of like almost a kidney dialysis where you're, you're kind of transfusing and cycling out blood. They tried stuff like that. There's been different, a lot of different tests with HIV and medicines. Um, but but I, you know, I, as, as grim as it may sound, I'm kind of interested to see, or I wish we could find out if, if the cancer was contributed or, or came about due to some of the side effects of the treatments that he took to get cured. Um, so that's just one of those things I just want to bring up. Uh, Australian scientists developed a nasal spray that could stop SARS and COVID. Um, I've heard several of these. I've heard good and bad. Um, we won't know, you know, we won't know. Um, for you out there, you guys out there that want a vaccine and you're gonna jump on board, kudos to you. There's, there's myself and many other people. I'm just not a vaccination type of guy. I don't take flu shots. Um, I, I barely get sick once a year. Um, as I get older, I'm sure that'll change. Um, but I'm not a big flu shot person. If you are, kudos to you um, if it works for you. That's the, the, the great thing about the F word of this country, which is freedom. Uh, you're free to go get yourself shot with anything you want, and I'm free to, to not do it. Um, and we can, we can agree to disagree. 500,000 uh, sharks uh, might have to die to fight COVID. So this is another interesting topic um, for all you people that are conservationists or all you people that are, uh, you know, all about the saving, saving the planet stuff and climate change and all these other things. Um, what, what you're not understanding is, is with all the COVID virus uh, vaccines, I'm sorry, with all these vaccines that are being made, a lot of, um, a lot of sharks are being killed to utilize uh, an uh, uh, secretion that they have in them, an enzyme in them, uh, they're using it. And Pfizer is one of them that's been doing it um, and several other companies. But just, you know, look, you can look into this. This is on KHON2 um, and you can find this if you Google uh, sharks and COVID or, or anything like that, you'll find it. Um, so they're using these sharks for, for medical research and, and for vaccinations. And it's, they're already used for other vaccinations and medicines. Um, there's just certain things in, in nature and animals and plants, as we know, that, that they can use. But uh, 500,000 sharks, potentially. Now, there was a real push about two, really a couple years ago for, for a lot of people. But about two years ago is when I really started noticing very big, like on Shark Week and stuff, where people are really pushing for shark conservation uh, because the numbers of sharks have died due to fit overfishing, excuse me, overfishing fins uh, over in other countries. Uh, it's a delicacy for fins. So they kind of poach them. And uh, they, they kill hundreds of them in nets and stuff and, and hundreds of thousands of them a year. And so they started actually putting an effort up to conserve and really, um, really help with endangered species and sharks. And the problem with, with the big netting and fishing is that um, they're, they're the ones targeting the sharks, they drop the numbers so low that it changes the whole life cycle in the ocean. Um, but it also, what it does is it prevents, um, it, it kills other things. It, you're killing manta rays, you're killing uh, stingrays. Every fish that comes up in a net, you're killing. Um, because most of these people, if they, if they don't throw them overboard unharmed, um, you know, they're, they're just, they, they just dispose of them improperly. Um, and and they, get, they kill things that destroy their nets. Uh, that's why we, hear, we used to hear a lot in the 80s and 90s, and I'm sure it still goes on where they kill whales or whale sharks. Um, you know, guys, we've got to be real stewards of our oceans and our planet. And, 
and I'm a, I'm a big, big conservationist. I love animals. I love marine biology. I love all that stuff. Grew up loving research and all of it. And, you know, as much as we need as, as a, a human race, we need a COVID vaccine and virus. We really got to balance out. Is it worth uh, interrupting this, the life cycle of these sharks and just destroying a bunch of sharks? And I'm sure a lot of you will say yes. And then a lot of you that say yes on the same backside of it are going to tell me that climate control, climate change is real and that we got to do all this different stuff and throw money from our taxpayer wallet at it. Um, but, you know, if you're, if you're for one thing, you can't just dis disavow another. Um, you're either for saving the planet and for saving species and, and the environment or you're not. And so if you're going to walk walk the middle um, and, or change change it up according to your, you know, what it is, we need a COVID vaccine, so therefore we can justify sharks dying so that the human race can live, um, I, I have a problem with that. And that's just who I am. That's just my opinion. Uh, flouting all standards, Russia, Russia plans to release early COVID vaccine data um, because Russia is one of the ones that already has a vaccine set up and they're going to be giving that to India because uh, India's got a real high outbreak. Uh, with flu season on the horizon, Delaware's health uh, officials urge citizens to get vaccinated. Again, go for it if you want to. I am not going to be a guinea pig, which is what it is. If you go get one of these vaccines early, that's what you're doing. You're, you're just going to be the guinea pig for the whole vaccination of COVID program. If you ever watched X-Files uh, toward the tail end of the season in the couple movies that were out, um, you understand that logic uh, is, is how governments use civilization the whole people the society uh as as a test to see if things work uh, we see that in africa where where bill gates is tied to a lot of uh, vaccinations that went on over there uh, where kids were were losing limbs getting infections and dying as well as being born with birth defects so it is facts um, it's something you guys should look at this is how we're making depression worse um, guys if you're depressed suicidal any of that um, please get help please talk to somebody about how you're feeling and, and your emotions please reach out there's suicide hotlines everywhere um and, and if if you're no matter where you are in a community if, that, if that's how you're feeling you're that low you're that depressed where you're thinking about suicide uh i don't care how alone you feel reach out to the first person that comes in contact with you and tell spill your guts tell them how you feel tell them you're, you feel like hurting yourself uh, because there's too many people dying of suicides there's too many people that are depressed and living life in this, in this dark, dark bubble that they don't have to. Um, uh, trust me when I say this, if you're out there and you're listening and you hear me, I love you. Uh, you're not alone. There, I'm right here. One person cares about you, and that's me. If that's all it takes to save your life and get you to step up and talk to someone so that you get a second person in your life that shows they care about you, um, I don't want to see anyone die. Uh, I, I, I think everybody genuinely has an opportunity in life to, to succeed in certain ways, and I think everybody contributes in certain ways. Um, whether you are in a, in a mindset or you just have some bad thinking, um, you're, you're worth it, you're worthy, uh, you're valuable, you're loved. Do not ever commit suicide. Uh, astronauts home in on space station air leak. Again, we talked about this last week. There's an air leak going on. Um, they're having some issues. Uh, on the space station. Um, if you ever watch the movies about, you know, you see these space stations, they get a little leak and all of a sudden they decompress and then the whole thing blows up. It's, it's so far, it hasn't been that drastic up there, but it's the potential danger because we don't really know what could happen. Um, the potential danger in theory is that, you know, this could really destroy the space station and kill people that are up there. 
Um, so they want to get it fixed. They keep trying to work on it. Um, fireball in the sky. Social media lights up with reports of giant meteor across the East Coast. Uh, first fossil feather ever found belonged in the in, to this dinosaur. Um, so, so I like, like I said, I love science, and that's I'm just kind of scrolling through science news. I'm on Google News uh, for those of you that just kind of want to follow some of this stuff. Uh, entertainment. Mac Davis, country legend and Elvis songwriter, died. Uh, he's dead at 78. John Cena and the BTS is the most uh, wholesome pairing of 2020. Hmm. I suppose. Um, I don't. I don't really keep up with this uh, any of this TV stuff. Um, I don't keep up with. A lot of these reality shows that everybody gets hyped about and i know that used to be a big thing through like the 80s and 90s me growing up is you know the family would get together we'd watch roseanne or fresh prince or you know whatever it may be the popular show at the time alf and all these other old shows silver spoons i'm going way back i'm making myself look real silver spoons was funny um so a lot of people get into that i i don't spend i try to find series that me and my wife can watch that we'll watch together she's i'm i'm into like action and violence and horror and craziness and she is so not again not into that um she she likes more of a, a drama detailed story um uh, that has more i guess meat to it whereas i'm just a guy and i just shoot him up bang bang's cool and um so we we you know we, we alternate on figuring out what we're going to watch sometimes we have like 20 shows we're trying to watch uh and get through the series um, but anyhow, I don't keep up with a lot of this stuff, guys. So The Bachelorette introduces the men uh, per pursuing Claire Crawley. Man, I, it's on season 16. I haven't seen one of them. I couldn't tell you, other than maybe some headlines. Uh, Frank Ocean launches voter registration initiative. Um, you know, there's a lot of people launching these voter initiatives uh, and voter registration initiatives. I just want you to know that, that you can reach out to your election board online. You can reach out to... Uh, you can go to your election board. There's local places that have always been in place that are safe to go to and register. Um, the problem I have with people that are setting up all kinds of voter registration initiatives and people going and doing it is that your personal information is at risk. And what do, what do I mean by that? I mean that anytime you go to sign up for anything and you're just you're opening the door of a third party having your information, and that means the internet, every account you sign up for, everything you do in your life, um, everything you sign, um, you're opening the door for uh, identity theft. You're opening the door for someone else having your personal information, address, phone number, um, information about you that you don't really have to have out unless it's like medical or you know something like that so you know i keep hearing these celebrities and other people coming more and more out and like Alyssa milano and a few others that are pushing for the voter registration go here go there go here go to this organization go to this um just go to the whatever your local election board is uh go to um election uh, there's there's election website that's just gov um, but register with who you know is a normal place to register. You don't have to go to some third party that's going to collect your information uh, and, and they're a nonprofit organization type thing. Um, don't, don't do it. Don't give your information out just because it's some movie star famous guy or something trying to get you to vote. Um, just don't do it. Demi Lovato was shocked when she discovered Max Eric's intentions weren't genuine. You know, I don't, again, I, don't, I mentioned this the other day. I don't keep up with it. Why Mariah Carey felt safe with Nick Cannon. The power dynamics between us uh, felt even. The kissing booth, Joel, Percy, uh, Courtney, and longtime love, Mia Schlowing are married. 
I don't know, guys. I, you know, I, I, for those of you that keep up with entertainment, I'm super excited about that for you. Um, whatever makes you happy in life is important to me. Okay, so if that's if you keep up with these movie stars and, and that that non-reality of, of, of in-your-face reality is is cool to you, um, I, I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it's not for me. Um, football, I, I've mentioned this before, sports and stuff like that, like none of these people pay my bills. So because I work hard to pay my bills and stay on my feet, um, I, I don't get into all their lives because I think my life, life is short and my life's more important um, than to focus on other people in the media or other people in entertainment. And I do because I, I do journalism and I do keep up with this stuff, but I, I don't get deep into it. I, I couldn't tell you half the movie stars that are popular or music. You know, I, I try to keep up on music because I listen to a lot of it. But, uh, excuse me, Google Pixel uh, 5 phone launch. I've never had a Google Pixel phone. I think now I have a Galaxy. Um, so if you're a Google Pixel person or you like Google phones, there you go. NBA 2K21 added to PS5 launch lineup. Um, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how the PS5 is going to be and also the new Xbox, uh, st or the, yeah, the Xbox uh, type stations. I want to see what the new stuff's like. I missed the CE. Uh, they have the Consumer um, uh, Electronics um, Convention, and because of the COVID thing, I, I missed it. And they tried to, they did a virtual, and I had tickets to it um, that I got for free, and I missed that because uh, I, I think I was just, I wasn't home or I was, was in the middle of surgery or something. I don't know what it was. Um, but I missed it, and I love consumer electronics. I love all kinds of gadgets and stuff. Uh, that's just who I am. I'm just a nerd like that, and so I missed it. But they did have some. They showcased the five. They showcased some of the technology that's coming out with Xbox and, and supposedly their new platform, um, and, and a lot of different um, just cool tech and game stuff. So I missed out on that. I'm kind of sad. Um, so I try to catch up on all that on these tech things. This is Google Google technology news. Uh, Facebook launches cross-platform messaging on Instagram and Messenger. So now what they're doing is they're trying to get it where you can basically, if you have Instagram and Facebook, you can then have all your messages in one Messenger box. Um, that's probably cool, but it could be confusing for those of you that have like, uh, you know, on my personal pages, I don't have a lot of people. On on our business pages, I think our, our two-party podcast uh, Facebook page, we've got like 1,500 and it keeps going up daily by the, a couple hundred a day usually. Uh, Instagram, we're, we're only at like 700 or something on there. Lo and mo most of that's some local people I know and uh, just friends and family. Uh, but, you know, when you get up to like some of the, you see some of these people that got like 10,000 people following them on Instagram or more. And then you see people on Facebook that have their maximum 5,000 in, in the different pages. So I'd be so confused when 10,000 people are messaging me on this platform and then this platform. And I'm sure it says like Facebook, Instagram message. I'm sure it'll tell you, but either way, it's probably a good thing. Um, I'm sure it's, there's a reason for it. it saves them time. Uh, iPad Pro and MacBook Pro are about to get this killer upgrade. Um, I was looking at buying my wife a new iPad. Don't tell her. She's probably listening. Um, but I, I backed out a little bit just because it, it's a newer, I think it's all newer stuff and I hate buying the first year um, version of stuff. Um, but I, I honestly was thinking about getting her a new one because hers is just getting old and beat up. I've got an old, old one that she gave me. I don't use Apple stuff that much. I, I kind of, I'll sit on the couch and toy around with it a little bit. Um, but I can't ever get the internet to work on it. So, um, like the browser. So I, I just never use it. It's only good for apps. Um, so anyhow, uh, 60, 64 new variants of Joker malware have invaded Android app stores. So 
I always have problems with Android apps um, and, and I guess my devices in general. And a lot of people are like, well, just go to Apple. You know, you'll never have this issue again. Um, I can't justify the cost. Don't call me cheap, even though sometimes I can be. Um, I, I will spend money. Uh, my wife will tell you, I'll spend money on something uh, to get what I want. Um, and, you, you know, they say you get what you pay for. I mean, my Galaxy was like five, 600 bucks. I bought her a phone, for, uh, a new iPhone for uh it's not the top of the line, but it's like $700 phone. Um, you know, you buy these things and, and they just break or they wear out. And so I can't justify spending money on like phones and devices. Uh, that, that's outrageous because uh, being in construction and stuff, like I break stuff um, quickly. Um, so, and I drop them and, and they get kicked across the floor or something. So uh, this new malware situation has been taken over. And so a lot of times I'll get a phone and I think it's a problem with my, the phone itself, or I dropped it or broke it or something. And sometimes you get this malware. Um, I found in the past, a few, a few good tricks are certain things you download, just take them off. Another good trick is if you, if you download stuff and you have a, a SD card in there, uh, one guy, one guy at a phone store showed me, you get that SD card out, uh, reformat it and put it back in. Sometimes that works. Sometimes it won't. Because the malware will get in there, and sometimes it get, it'll download and hide somewhere, whether it's internal or whether it's in the SD card. And so, if you change it to a brand new SD card, sometimes that'll help. So, just just a few things I know I've tried. Uh, I'm gonna get out of technology. We're on to business. Uh, Disney leads companies announcing layoffs, big airline job cuts loom. Um, what what do you expect? I mean, we shut down the nation. Um, we're going to be hearing more about this. Um, we are we are kind of starting to go in like an upswing with states opening and stuff. Um, but it takes, you know, a lot of people and businesses have lost revenue to the point where it's like they, they, they're keeping open just to stay for last ditch effort to, to try to re retain their business. Um, but being real about it, um, it has an impact. So it's like a domino effect. Um, we shut down all this time. And this business stayed open, stayed open, stayed open. And even though it stayed ahead of the game, uh, that catches up. The, the revenue stream catches up or the loss of revenue stream. So even Disney, you know, the, the, you keep hearing about these small companies going under or going bankrupt or just shutting their doors. Um, if you don't think this affects everyone, this shutdown, locking down our, our, our cities and our businesses and not letting anyone operate, uh, it does, and this is a prime example of it. It's hitting our, our it's one of our biggest conglomerate industries, at Disney. Um, when it's affecting big corporations like Disney, um, not just because they can't get people in the park, but because of the, the cost and, and, and of everything that's coming down the pipeline now. Um, prices have gone up on lumber. Prices have gone up on all commerce uh, because we shut down uh, a lot of the ports for, from China, people traveling. We also shut down and, and backlogged a lot of uh, shipping coming in. If you noticed, uh, almost every website you order from online to try to purchase something to your house, it all they all give disclaimers about, you know, it might take longer for it to get to you. Well, if you're ordering something from China, man, it could be two months. Um, before it can even get through, off the ship, inspected, tested, and, and brought to your house. Um, so that being said, you know, when Disney is getting affected and our big airlines are being affected, all businesses are affected by this. Uh, Dow Jones today, uh, the Dow Jones today stock rise to put the, the wraps on a powerful quarter three. Disney dives on COVID ruling. Um, excuse me, Seattle. Excuse me. Seattle will force Uber and Lyft to pay driver pay drivers a minimum hourly wage. 
I don't know, uh, minimum wage. I, I don't even think it should be a topic anymore of minimum wage. I think I think all wages should start at no less than $10 an hour for minimums. Um, and I think we've, our cost of living, the middle of a pandemic, after a pandemic, uh, we're in the year 2020, things cost more. Um, we're, we're shifting back from, from China's goods to American-made stuff, which costs more money. It always did, which is why a lot of businesses moved to China or overseas with their manufacturing. So we got to keep up with cost of living, guys. Um, we, we need to all agree and vote for and support um, American businesses. But at the same time, we also need to support our American workers. And I think $10 an hour is kind of a good across the board national level for uh, minimum wage. Is that going to help some struggling mom who has overhead and bills um, and, and has three kids? Maybe not. Maybe she can't afford her rent that way. Um, but we need to raise those limits. We also need to raise the guidelines, the poverty guidelines, um, so people can, you know, we, we talk about this Medicare and, and these health issues, but the problem with a lot of states is they have this minimum uh, where you have to have a certain amount or you can't have a certain amount. And you have people that are working for even minimum wage and they just fall over that, that criteria of the poverty level uh, by a certain amount so they can't get a state assistance and they can't get medical coverage via the state <clears throat> and their company works in part-time so they don't qualify for company insurance. It's kind of a loophole a lot of businesses use now. So that being said, we need, we need, to, we need to up things a little bit. We need to get across the board $10 an hour. And when you increase that, you also need to increase the, the poverty guideline because then your poverty guideline went up because everyone's getting more money. So you, you, we kind of got to figure that out. Bring those things up, and then eventually, what you do is you bring you, you can level those out as people start doing better. And it's gonna it's not gonna be overnight in six months. It's gonna take a year or two or three before changes like that start affecting and helping lift up the poverty. Um, but there's a lot of dynamics people don't understand that go with that. You can lift up the the minimum wage and lift up the dynamic of the poverty level people. But as consumers, where are they spending their money? So are they using that money to get better housing? Are they using that money to get out of poverty? Or are they using that money to buy bigger TVs and toys? And so there's a lot of variables. You know, we hear the political side of things and, and people using political uh, talking points, but they don't get into the details. And, and the devil's in the details. And the details truly are um, you can give a million dollars to somebody and, and, and they will just frivolously spend it. And then you could give it to somebody who literally is wise with their money and they invest it or they save it or they just keep working while they have this money in the bank. And so there's 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 tons of d dynamics to how things work in our in our country and as well as economics. Um, GM delays Nicol Nicola uh, deal closing date after stock prices tumble. Walmart unveils a new store design with self checkout kiosks, countless options rolling out of super centers. Did Walmart's the, the winner of the pandemic? Um, let's be real. Um, out of all the corporations, I mean, even Disney's hurt. Walmart's not not even touched. I mean, they're they're profiting. They've been profiting since day one. Um, our, the one local to us, when we go to it, they, we're lucky to see if there's anything on their shelves still, even now. Um, so kind of interesting. We're scrolling back to. I don't even know where this came from. Um, if you need asbestos training, apparently that came up. Um, not even sure why. So now we'll get into the world news. Um, I don't even know this name. Nagorno-Karabakh. What's behind the fighting between Armenia and 
Azerbaijan. So I'm going to go ahead and click. I'm going to fall for it. I'm going to fall for that. I'm going to click that because that's an interesting um, turn of events that has come up um, with this fight. So as the violence continues between the two former Soviet um, states escalates, NBC News looks at the, excuse me, what's driving the conflict. So what is... At the heart of the conflict is uh, a mountainous region slightly bigger than Rhode Island. It is internationally recognized as part of Azerbaijan, uh, but has been under de facto Armenian control since the 90s. Its allocation and to Azerbaijan uh, during the Soviet era was contested by its ethnic Armenian um, majority. This led to a war for after the Soviet Union collapsed in the 1990s. Um, and they attempted to declare independence. Some 30,000 died in the conflict, which also displaced around a million people um, before a ceasefire in 94. Since then, uh, it has remained a breakaway region inside Azerbaijan. Uh, but I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. <clears throat> there is a local leadership, uh, but the territory home to about 150,000 people relies on Armenia for financial support. Long-running negotiations mediated by Russia, the United States, and France have seen little progress, and there have been periodic clashes on the region's borders. Why is there fighting now? Tensions between the two sides simmered over the summer, spilling into deadly clashes in July, which led to uh, Sunday's hostilities. The escalation in July was perceived to be a setback, uh, which was reported to have lost a pro high profile general in the fighting. Uh, political science research fellow in University of Birmingham made that statement. Sunday's clashes uh, may have been an attempt to, of Azerbaijan to save face, but while the latest bout of fighting started over the weekend, conflicts, uh, the, the conflict's roots goes back centuries. Um, so this is like, again, this is one of those like nonstop, never-ending wars. Uh, we'll be lucky in our lifetime to see an end to it. Uh, it's very sad because a lot of innocent people, civilians, land, property, beautiful uh, things in that region are probably being destroyed. Um, you know, it's, it's really time for, as a whole on this planet, for us to really get together and try to work on on peace, um, and, it, and it's you know it, it's not going to happen, but it should happen for the people. Um, and and I think it's about time all the people in the world unite and just say we're sick of these leaders that are leading us to war. And maybe that's what it's going to take is maybe we, maybe it's time for us to, to as a people go and say well we're, we, we've given you guys too much power. We want we want to stop. You know we don't agree with this. So, I don't know, crazy. Uh, legacy of Kuwait's Amir Sheikh Sabah, uh, farewell, Mr. Fix-It. Um, so, you know, that guy, that, he died at 91. Amnesty International to Stop Work in India cites government harassment and threats. Um, I've heard a little bit about this. Uh, basically, the government over there has just been... Um, digging 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 on amnesty international and there's been a lot of hot topic stuff about that company you can google it um there's been both sides have been going back and forth but the government over there has kind of really put pressure on them and to the point where i think they just wanted them out and now they're going to leave and, and it's probably a good thing um covid19 cases jump in canada prompting new re uh new restrictions large boom rattles and already anxious paris um so that's kind of where we're at um that's where we're at right there. I'm going to go to the U.S. news. 
Um, Democrats see fundraising boom following wild debate uh, between Trump and Biden, and that goes on both sides. Um, what was it? It was Dan Bongino said yesterday somebody stole two of his Trump signs, so he went out and he put eight up, and and, he, and because they stole his signs, he donated 500 bucks to the campaign. You know, there's stupid stuff like that, um, and I say stupid stuff. That was actually pretty cool of him to do that. Um, but as far as people throwing money, um, I'm not a big, I'm not at all a big donor uh, to campaigns. Uh, I don't, I do not support, no matter if I support the political candidate, I do not support monetary donations because I think that what that does, whether it fundraises for the, the political uh, candidate or not, and helps them run their campaign, as they say. Uh, I really feel that I'm not gonna open my wallet and go give money to someone that can win or lose and, and show my support monetarily. I'm just not gonna do it. You, you get, you're already getting the most valuable thing from me, which is my vote. And if you can, if you can uh, get donations to run your campaign and there's people that can afford to do that for you, then that's, that's what makes you where you are and who you are. I personally am one of those where my vote is is the most valuable thing I have to offer you, and I'm not going to spend donate you $500,000, $2,500, whatever your maximums may be. I am not going to donate to a candidate. Um, you can if you if you just it's in your heart to just throw somebody money and you think that the money is going to win the race um maybe it will maybe it won't i'm just not that guy so if you're one of those that, that falls for all these these campaign donations um and and i look at it like this at the end of a campaign win or lose where does the money go usually it's donated to an organization or whatever in the past we've seen it that's not the case though we, we see that these candidates and the people that run the campaign end up pocketing and getting caught pocketing and and stuff so i just feel like if you're gonna you know not to be unfair to the little guy but if you're gonna run a campaign you should have the financial backing and support to do so whether you worked with somebody who donates in the beginning or throughout the campaign uh you have in place invest i guess so to speak investors um, and I hate to say that because we know about lobbying and stuff. People people pay to get policy put in when, when their candidate's elected type thing, um, which is illegal. Um, but I feel like we, I, I just feel like when a candidate is asking me for money, um, they're not asking for my vote. They're asking for my money. And so that's just my opinion on that. Breonna Taylor case, Kentucky, they moved to delay. Uh, the, the AG's office now, after they said they would release the records and wanted them released, they now are delaying to release any of the records. Now that's from Fox News. Kentucky Attorney General seeks delay and release of grand jury uh, recordings. So that's not very good, okay? Uh, that's not gonna turn out well. Uh, they just need to release everything and let, 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 it, let it simmer, okay? Just, just release everything, let everybody make their public opinions, let the keyboard warriors step in. Um, let this thing boil up and let this thing fizzle out because that's about what it's going to do. Uh, as U.S. Uh, sounds alarm on COVID trends, some communities loosen uh, restrictions. Um, Biden-Harris released 2019 tax returns. We talked about that yesterday. I'm not, you know, the tax thing is, is null and void to me, honestly. Um, not much going there. Now, Tulsa news, local, this is local to us in Tulsa here for you guys that are listening. Uh, Tulsa COVID-19 cases show improvement despite lack of mask mandate in suburban rural areas where uptick communities, uh, or uptick continues. So our, our suburban areas are looking pretty good, um, and, and they don't have a mask ma mandate. So 
uh, is it because it's lower population, less travel, less less people bringing in the virus or something? I don't know. Um, is it just, you know, I don't know. Maybe those people got good immune systems or something. Uh, Tulsa hairstylist gives back with free haircuts during pandemic. That's awesome. You know, I like positive news. That's a good one. Uh, fried favorites. Uh, get a taste of the at the fair. At these, there's a couple fairs going on. I think the the main Tulsa fair I think uh, didn't go on, but I think there's a couple just uh, smaller county fairs going on. So if you guys get a chance, check that out. I love bear food, um, and I shouldn't because it's not good, but I love it. Uh, the, the one of the officers that was shot. Um, we discussed this story. I'm gonna go ahead and click on it. Um, because I think it's it's fair to uh, give, give this news out for his family. So this poli the police chief uh, locally here, I love him. Um, we got a new police chief. I, so far, the guy's just been amazing. Uh, police chief hopeful that wounded officer is making a full recovery. So back in, um, it doesn't really give a breakdown of the story, but back a few months ago, um, there was this kid that, that they, they pulled over these two officers. He, he basically ran, he cut off one of the officers, ran uh, a light and, and they pulled him over and they asked him to get out of the car. He had an expired tag, no light, his license was expired. I don't know. There was a whole bunch of different variables. Uh, in the midst of it all, they asked him to get out of the car. He refused to get out of the car. Um, when they finally they tased him, that didn't work. It just got him pissed off. And then they, they walked around, they both walked around to his side of the car and they both tried to get him out of the car. And in the middle of the scuffle, he pulls a gun, which which I'm assuming, and again, the reports are still kind of shady, but I'm assuming the gun he had as a felon uh, because they arrested someone else saying that he's the one that traded him heroin for the gun. Um, so the guy pulled the gun, shot one of the officers, uh, shot both of the officers when he pulled the gun, uh, and then shot, shot the other one in the head. Uh, I think they both got shot in the head. Um, but needless to say, the video was released. It was horrific. Uh, that was local here in Tulsa. Um, so the one officer passed away, Johnson, and then this one is uh, Arash Zarkeshin, and he has been in full rehab, and it says, uh, Tulsa Police Chief says uh, he believes to, uh, that Officer Arash uh, Zarkeshin has the capabilities to make a full recovery. He was wounded in a shooting in June. Chief Wendell, that's his name, Wendell Franklin. This guy's, a, I love him, this new police chief, Wendell Franklin here. Uh, traveled for a surprise visit. So the guy, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's down in Texas or something. Um, maybe he's back in Oklahoma, but anyhow, he's in a therapy place where they're fixed, just doing all this full therapy on him. Uh, but the police chief went down and surprised him and said, he said, I knew he was, he was making great progress, but to see him uh, do all the physical tests uh, they were administering on him and see him do things uh, he was, he is able to do. It was like speaking, talking with a normal person again. Um, so that being said, um, this, the, you know, that, that's a historic turnaround. Um, the, the, this is a horrific incident for the family and, and the officers as well. Um, but needless to say, that guy's making a recovery. So I just want to update there. Modified version of Tulsa State Fair starts today. So they are doing a modified version of the Tulsa State Fair. Um, Tulsa COVID map shows by cases. Uh, Tulsa County Treasurer, the longest serving in history, retires. Well, you know, that, that's, that could be a good thing, could be a bad thing. Um, McGirt ruling impacts Tulsa on crime victim. Uh, we, we've got this thing with the McGirt ruling that, that it's basically all the cases that have been seen, they're just getting overthrown into federal court now um, because of Indian sovereignty and territory. So um, that McGirt thing is going to really affect us, um, period, because you have a lot of Native Americans here or people that claim Native American 
Uh, man in critical condition after stabbing West Tulsa. Guys, you got to quit shooting and stabbing everybody in Tulsa. Uh, it was on the debates last night about, you know, uh, somebody had brought up about Tulsa being, you know, high numbers in, in comparison with uh, Chicago and stuff. I don't think we were, we're that bad, but on any given basis, any given day here in Tulsa, there's two to three, four, you know, people stabbed, shot, and or a homicide going on. So, um, it, it, guys, just lay off, just stop. So that being said, um, I think that's going to wrap me up here, guys. Um, I've got a few other things I need to get get out there, and I've got some uh, editing to do. Uh, TwoPartyPodcast at gmail.com is how you can reach me. Um, we just set up a calendar. Um, so if, basically, if you if you reach out to me via email, I'm going to send you a calendar link. You're going to you're going to basically log in there and schedule with me to to set up either a meeting or hearing or uh, an interview. Um, and that's kind of how I'm going to run it right now because I'm getting so overwhelmed with with uh, the influx of of guest interviews and having time to audio do audio. I'm I'm in the studio right now. I'm working on stuff. Um, I'm just I've got all kinds of stuff mixing and, and editing as I go. I've I've had some complications uh, with our network lately, and so it looks like today it's actually running good. Um, so hopefully everything stays and doesn't crash. Uh, but that being said, go ahead over to YouTube, subscribe. I keep saying this: subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Please uh, share with your friends. Tell them to subscribe. Um, You'll find us on social media, Facebook, obviously, right now, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Beatport. We're on SoundCloud, uh, Soundtrap, Podchaser, Twitch, Tumblr, um, CD Baby, uh, Bandcamp. We're, I'm working over there. What we're doing over there, those are more like platforms to sell. I'm, I'm working on getting all of our media uploaded onto audio um Oh, downloadable format for you guys to be able to download and pay for because uh, obviously somewhere we got to make some money to keep the show going and keep hardware in the studio working. Uh, I just did a lot of rearranging in the studio yesterday. Um, so I'm trying to get all this content up and I'm also trying to get it available to you, um, get, get it available to you on CD, which most people don't even use anymore. Maybe I should switch to vinyl records since everybody's going to records now. Uh, you guys don't want to hear me on that. And so I'm gonna I'm gonna have a digital format downloads uh, type setup for the audio. Uh, we're gonna offer that on the website. Currently, we will be continue to be you be doing free podcasts. Uh, you'll hear every episode free, um, but we will promote in the future. We will be having like a subscription type thing, uh, members only type thing. Uh, you'll still get you, you as an audience member without paying. You'll still get content. Um, you just won't get like we'll have some bonus content behind the scenes bloopers type stuff. Um, and believe me, there is a hell of a lot of bloopers in my life. Um, so that being said, I'm going to get off here, guys. Uh, I love you. Uh, again, twopartypodcast at gmail.com if you want to be a guest or reach out to me. Uh, Tulsa, Anybody listening from Tulsa, Tulsa local businesses, I'm trying to do a promo right now. I'm trying to get any Tulsa businesses right now. Reach out to me. I'm trying to get you guys um, some free promo business. So if you want to reach out to me, be a guest on the show, or just talk to me, even a 10-minute call, we can get in and do an interview on your business. Uh, if you want me to come to your business, I'll come to your business, and we can walk around and do a video. We can do a quick interview online at your business where you're comfortable, and we can promote your business. That's all we're trying to do. Um, that being said, I look forward to speaking with some of you, and you can go to our website and also sign up to be a guest at the number 2 partypodcast.com on the contact page. Submit your information. I'll get back with you in 24 to 48 hours. YouTube, subscribe. Everything else, follow, like, and share. 
uh, please share our videos, share our content. Um, that's, that's important too, because what that does when you share it, you're exposing someone else to it and bringing them back to us to be able to watch themselves. So I encourage you all to share, share, share um, as much as you can. That being said, guys, I love you. Uh, all you guys comment on here, I see you and messaging. Uh, I see you. You guys be good. I love you. Be safe. Go out there today. Help somebody. Help anybody you can find today that you interact with. Holding a door, giving a smile, giving a hug, um, giving a compliment. You can change the course of somebody's day. You can change the course of somebody's life by just doing one act of kindness for anyone you interact with. I encourage that. Thank you. Dean, Two Party Podcast, I'm out.